0: Heavenly Father, Lord, truly our heart cries within us these words. Even so, come, Lord Jesus. Lord, we just want to be with you, Lord. We want to be in your presence continually, Father. Lord, with all that is going on, Lord, and how unworthy even I feel to stand behind this sacred desk to minister the word of God. Yet, Lord... You are here, for you said wherever two or three would be gathered in your name, you'd be there in the midst of them. Lord, we rely solely on your word, O God, knowing that it is the only thing that will stand, for heavens and earth will pass away, but your word shall never pass away. Lord, we invite you now reverently, Father, to come and minister to the needs of your people. Here presently, Father, those that are streaming, those that are on a telephone connection, Father, would you go into each room, Lord, make yourself known in a very special way. Lord, we've made a solemn assembly, Lord Jesus, together. Lord, to, to honor and to gather together under the atonement that has been provided for us, Lord. For it is our protection. It's all that we have. Lord, your word, we've preached it for day in and day out. we believed it for what it is. And now, Lord, you're proving abroad in this day that we are a people that will stand on the word of God regardless of what the world does, regardless of what the government does, regardless of what the devil does. We're here, Lord, because We're on your side, Lord, because we believe what you said to us. We believe, oh God, that you have made us more than overcomers by the blood of Jesus Christ. Lord God, we don't gather in fear but we gather in victory today. Lord, knowing that Satan is under our feet, knowing, oh God, that there is nothing that can touch one hair of our heads but what you first allow it, oh God. Lord Jesus, we commit the service now into your hands. Believing, O oh God, and knowing that you've come, Lord, to touch our hearts today with a special message today, Lord, that we meet every need in your body. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray, amen, amen. Thank you to the Perizoc band. That's all the singing we will do. And uh, let's turn in our Bibles to the book of Job, if you would, Job chapter 1. I have not been streaming anybody else's services this week, though I told my wife on the way here what I had on my heart to minister, and she says, oh, that sounds like what so-and-so was preaching. So this is fresh from what the Lord gave me. So if you heard it before, praise the Lord, because it's the same God today. Amen. Amen. Job chapter 1. Let's go to verse 1 together. It says there was a man in the land of us, whose name was Job, and that man was perfect, and upright, and one that feared God, and eschewed evil. And there was born unto him seven sons and three daughters. His substance also was seven thousand sheep and three thousand camels, five hundred yoke of oxen, and five hundred she asses, and very and a very great household. So that this man was the greatest of all the men of the east. He wasn't just among the great men. He was looked at, this was the man. He was the greatest. And his sons went and feasted in their houses every one his day and sent and called for their three sisters to eat and to drink with them. And it was so when the days of their feasting was gone about that Job sent and sanctified them And rose up early in the morning and offered burnt offerings according to the number of them all. For God said, it may be. Notice, Job said it may be. It wasn't that he said, they have. He said, it may be. I don't know whether they've done something or not. It may be. But it didn't matter to him whether they had or not. What mattered to him was what happened. And he said, it may be that my sons have sinned and cursed God in their hearts. Thus did Job continually. Amen. It wasn't a a, a matter of whether they did or whether they didn't, but he said, I'll sanctify them anyways. I'll rise early. I'll sacrifice on their behalf. I'll do what I can for them. Because there was something in Job that was burning in his heart, which was a Spirit of Christ, that he was willing to make intercession on their behalf, whether or not they repented. Amen. What a, what, a, what a man that would stand there and say, but they will come. he began begin to claim them and claim them, saying he believed that his sons and daughters would be saved because he would continually stand in the gap for them. And he says, and there was, now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan came also among them. And the Lord said unto Satan, Whence comest thou? And Satan answered the Lord and said, From going to and fro in the earth and from walking up and down in it. And the Lord said unto Satan, Hast thou considered my servant Job? And there was none like him in the earth, a perfect and an upright man, one that feareth God and escheweth evil. What a testimony. We preach that so many times, we say, we want that kind of a testimony where God himself would say, have you considered, he's perfect, he's upright, he eschews evil, there is none like him. Praise be to God. Let's turn also to James, if you will, James chapter 1 and verse 2. I have a few scriptures to start with, so forgive me, it is Sunday morning. Some of you, this is the only service you'll be in today, so we got time. James chapter 1, some preachers need a big audience to preach, I preached the first seven years of my ministry to a very small audience, so I'm okay, but I need a lot of time, (laughs) so you've been chosen, amen, James chapter 1 and verse 2, don't worry, if you pull, we'll just carry on in in the Lord. James chapter 1 and verse 2 says this, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. But let patience have her perfect work, that ye may be perfect, entire, wanting nothing. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, that giveth to all men liberally, it abraideth not and shall and it shall be given him. But let him ask in faith, without in faith, nothing wavering. As Jesus said, if you don't doubt in your heart, it will obey you, nothing wavering. But he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. For let not that man think that he shall receive anything from the Lord. Go with me back just a page now to Hebrews chapter 11. As I said, there's a lot of Scripture to read up first, and then, Lord willing, we'll just get right into it. Hebrews chapter 11, it's one page back, verse 33. It says, Who through faith subdued kingdoms, wrought righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness were made strong, waxed valiant in fight, turned to flight the armies of the aliens. Women received their dead race to life again. Others were tortured, not accepting deliverance, but that they might obtain a better resurrection. And others had trial and cruel mockings and scourgings, yea, moreover, of bonds and imprisonments. They were stoned. They were sawn asunder. They were tempted. They were slain with the sword. They wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, tormented. My, doesn't sound very uplifting. But let me say this this is the other side of the book of Acts. We always want to preach, we're writing another book of Acts. Praise the Lord, we want the miracles. We want all the mighty wonders. What about the other side of the book of Acts? What about the the, the the persecutions, the imprisonments, all of the trials they had to go through in order to bring them close enough to Christ, amen, to cause them to get on their knees in prayer and call upon God to put them in a place where God would hear their prayer and they could have the signs and the wonders and the miracles, Well, because it wasn't that they went around, I'll say this, following the wonders and following the signs. The signs and the wonders followed them. Amen. But now, it says, Of whom the world, verse 38, was not worthy. Praise be to God, they wandered in deserts, in mountains, in dens, in caves of the earth, and these all, having obtained a good report through faith, received not the promise, God having provided something better for us, that they without us should not be made perfect. Praise be to God, let's turn to one more place in 2 Peter chapter 1. 2 Peter chapter 1. In verse 4, it says, "...whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these you might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. And beside this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, and to your virtue knowledge." and to your knowledge, temperance, and to your temperance, patience, and to your patience, godliness, and to your godliness, brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness, charity, just love. For if these things be in you and abound, they shall make you, ne- they, they, they shall make you that you shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But he that lacketh these things is blind." and cannot see afar off, and hath forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. Whether, wherefore, the rather brethren, give diligence, and make your calling and election sure. In other words, make it for sure. Don't, don't leave it up to chance. Make it so you know, and knowing is to preclude all doubt. So in other words, there is no wavering. There is no doubting in your heart whatsoever. You know if there's a rapture called today, not if there's a rapture called in the future, I'll be there in the future. No, when the rapture is called today, I'll be there. I know because I was elected and I was called for this purpose. Praise be to God, for if you do these things, you shall never fall. And what more verse says, for so an entrance shall be ministered unto you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. May the Lord add his blessing to the word. You may have your seats. Amen. I want to go back for a moment to Job as we put all of these scriptures into context of of where, of, of where we're living and where we're at and also how we have already overcome. But I want to take and take my title of Wisdom by Revelation part 6. And I want to take a subtitle of Before the Fire. Before the fire. Fire is a trial. Fire trials the Bible would call it. But I want to go to Job. In Job chapter 1 we read this portion of the scripture. This was before his trial. This was before he was was given all of these terrible trials and terrible things that befell him. But we find in this, God looked at Job and said, this is a perfect man. This is perfect. Perfect in here means to be complete, wholesome, innocent, and having integrity. It's the same as the Scripture in the Song of Solomon refers to the beloved as undefiled or perfect, upright. Praise be to God. They were perfect, and we, we today are called, as he says, be holy even as I am holy. You're called to come to perfection, but I want to say something to you. It's not a human perfection. There was a statement made in church so long ago that perfect people don't come to church. I'd have to say that's false. Perfect people come to church because they're made perfect by the Word of God. They come to here in church. Hallelujah. There ain't no better place for a perfect person to be than to come and to be encouraged and know that they're standing on the unfailing word of God. Amen. So to be perfect Job is God is looking at Job and saying, he's complete, he's he's wholesome, he's innocent, he has integrity, he eschews evil. He's a great man. And I want you to consider something right here. Right after God says this, he allows him to go through. He allows Job to go through what is possibly the worst trial anyone outside of Christ has ever experienced. What a thought for a moment. Here he says, you're perfect. Now I'm going to put you through the worst trial. You say, but I thought I thought trials were there for a molding and for a perfection. Therefore, once I've obtained perfection, I should not have to go through trials any longer. No, here's a man that God says he's perfect. Now I'm going to put him through the worst of trials. Why? Because I know he can handle it. Hallelujah. I got confidence in this man because he takes me at my word and he doesn't take anything else. Praise be to God, Brother Barnum would say in, in, in the message, The Statue of a Perfect Man. he said say, you can have in yourself a portion of the statue of a perfect man. You can have a portion of that within yourself. And there's men today that have a portion of it. Oh, they have faith of a level. And they have kindness. They, they live a godly life perhaps in themselves. Perhaps they're kind to everybody. Or they have so much knowledge of the scripture and things. But Brother Barnum says, you can never come to the fullness without the Holy Ghost. As the scripture starts out in in Peter, as it begins to describe to be a partaker of the divine nature first. And and then on top of that, give all diligence and add faith, add virtue. See, faith is the foundation. Faith is, as Brother Branham, we know it would draw it out as a pyramid. And faith is the foundation in which this faith was what it's built upon. Faith is a revelation. And a revelation of Jesus Christ is the new birth to You personally, amen. So, you could have you have to come to that foundation of faith where you could take God at His word and believe, and He can give you a new spirit or a new birth that now you can be birthed into, and now you can begin to build on that. If Brother Bradham would even use a word where he'd use a word called vulcanize, if you know what vulcanize is, that's that's a that's a hot. Temperature that they would bring, vulcanize, they would vulcanize rubber. It's how they made the first tire. Mr. Charles Goodyear was the one that did it, where he began to 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 heat up rubber and bring it together and add sulfur into it, or salt, sulfur. You are the salt of the earth. Oh my. We really are gonna be here a long time. I'm just warning you. Amen. Mr. Charles Goodyear, he did these things and he called it, he actually termed it after the, after the god of of I think of fire and, and war or something like that. Vulcan is a Roman god, and he called it vulcanize. We vulcanize the rubber. Brother Branham takes that term and he says, it has to be virtue vulcanized on top of faith and knowledge vulcanized. In other words, it takes a trial. It takes fire. It takes heat. It takes something in order to bring that and solidify it and make it so that it can, it can, you can put some miles on it. Like a tire, you can't just take natural rubber. Natural rubber is very soft and sticky and gooey. You take that, form it into a circle, and try and drive on it, you'll just be a pile of mush. It's got to be vulcanized. It's got to be made into something that can handle the road. It's got to be made into something that can handle the journey. Amen. Your faith, your virtue, your knowledge, your temperature has got to be made into something that can handle the journey, the trials that lays ahead. And how does it happen? Through fiery trials. Hallelujah. Christ is only coming for those who have the fullness of the atonement. He's not coming for a bride that just believed a part of it, to say, I'll take this, believe that. He's coming for a bride that believed the fullness of the atonement, which is the new birth. you can't help it because it comes naturally. You say well then we better we better try harder no it comes naturally. A sheep doesn't manufacture wool. A sheep bears wool. It just happens. In other words a sheep just eats and the wool just happens. It doesn't sit there and have to think, well, I eat this much and I need a certain amount of this, a certain amount of that in order to make the best wool. No, it just eats. Whatever the shepherd gives it, it eats. The shepherd knows what makes the best wool. The shepherd knows what's healthy for the sheep, so the shepherd gives it the right kind of minerals, nutrients, and food that it needs to have a diet. So it just eats and bears wool. That's all it does. It comes naturally to it. It knows that this is all I can do is bear wool. And after it's borne all kinds of wool, it feels like, man, I've really done something. I've got a lot of wool on me. Then what happens? They take it to the shear, And they shave it all off. And it starts all over again. Think about it for a moment. Stay awake with me. Think about it for a moment. Here's a sheep that's done, put all of its hard labor into one purpose, bearing wool. And all the shepherd does is says, thank you, I'll take that. And puts it back up by itself. says, it's keep eating bear more wool. So I've been through so many trials. I've done so much. I've come so close to God and then it seems like it turns around and I just go right back again. Why? God's saying it's got to be vulcanized. It's got to get harder. It's got to be more. It's got to be more of my spirit, more virtue, more knowledge, more temperance. Why? He says if these things be in you and abound, not just a little bit of wool and say, well, I've done my part. No, and abound. Then you shall neither be unfruitful. Hallelujah. Think about this. In the message statue of a perfect man, Brother Branham would say, and up there when the pyramid cap does come, the pyramid itself, we realize Brother Branham drew that and he said faith and the foundation, virtue, knowledge, temperance, patience, godliness, brotherly kindness, and caps don't come down. Love. Love. Amen. Charity come down. He says, when that, when that pyramid cap does come, the pyramid itself, the body of Christ will have to be honed, which is cut or shaped or filed down to a desired shape. Not only, he said, not only just some creed or doctrine or something other we come through, it will have to be so perfectly like Christ to when he comes, he and that ministry will fit right smack together. See, then will come the rapture, the going home. Hallelujah. Praise be to God. There has to be a honing. There has to be a cutting. There has to be a trial. There has to be something that pushes the bride down on her knees to say, Oh, God, what have we done? What can we do? How can we be better? How can we come closer to you, Lord? Hold me, shape me, cut me. Hallelujah. Why? Because Christ is coming down in this hour to cap it all off. Go with me over to 1 Kings chapter 17. This is a very familiar portion of Scripture to us. It's the first time Elijah appears in the Scripture. In 1 Kings chapter 17, verse 1, it says, And Elijah the Tishbite, who was of the inhabitants of Gilead and unto Ahab, as the Lord God of Israel liveth, Before whom I stand, there shall not be dew nor rain these years, but according to my word. I want you to consider something from what Elijah was unknown before this. He didn't have any great prophecies before this that he'd gone about prophesying and things. This is the first time he comes up. So if you ever get to feeling like I'm a nobody, here comes a nobody from nowhere. The first prophecy he has is to stand up before the king and say, rain will not fall, nor dew will come, till I call for it. Hallelujah. He had a power in him. There was something that God told him to do, so he had the word of God. And he said, heavens and earth could stand in my way. I call everyone to come see it. God said this was going to happen. He says, before whom I stand. And he says, and the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, get thee hence, and turn the eastward, and hide thyself by the brook Cherith, that is before Jordan. And it shall be that thou shalt drink of the brook, and I have commanded the ravens to feed thee there. Not somewhere else, not anywhere else, no, I'll feed you there. This is where you're going to be fed, right by this brook. And it shall come, and it shall be, or, and so he went and then according unto the word of the Lord, for he went and dwelt by the brook Cherith, that is before Jordan. And the ravens brought him bread and flesh in the morning, and bread and flesh in the evening, and he drank of the brook. Hallelujah. But the brethren would take this in the message of spiritual food in due season. And he began begin to speak on this and say, listen, he had spiritual food. There was a secret place. There was a hiding place. No one else knew about it. No one else was there getting fed. It was the one to whom the word of the Lord came to. He went and he hid himself. He was the light for that day. He came down and he, he delivered a prophecy because of their sin. Three and a half years. There would not be rain. There would not be dew. There would be something terrible take place. And God said, now get up and I'm going to feed you. I'm going to take care of you. you got to go to a certain place. you got to get in Christ." That's the only way there will be food. Because there's a, there's a starving, there's a famine in the land for what? For spiritual food today. The Romans would say there's never been a time that, 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 that men have been so hungry and crying out for the Holy Spirit. But why? What's going on? There's a famine in the land. But regardless of the famine, there's food that's provided to the elect of God. Make your calling and election sure. I want you to notice as well this book Cherith, this, this brook Cherith, in the Hebrew actually means the cutting. The actual definition of it is the cutting. Brother Brennan would say that the, the pyramid, when, it, when, when the capstone comes down, as we read it, there has to be honed. It has to be cut. Here's a man that was able to come with so much power to speak the word of God, and the dew did not come, and the rain did not fall. And then he had to go to a brook to be cut. See, well, how is this possible? There was another man that stood on earth. His name was Jesus. That he was God. That he was perfect in the fullness of God. Had dwelt bodily in him. But even in all of that, he couldn't just speak and say, oh, I'll, I'll save the people. He had to go and be cut. Right. He had to go to a cross. He had to have a spear driven up from his, up his side. Into his heart and blood and water came out separately. Why? Because that was the price. Elijah had to go to this brook called the cutting. He had to go there. Why? Because there was, he was being fed with, with manna, with, with, with bread and with flesh that the ravens brought that no one else had. Other people were starving. We find in the next few verses he went down to the Shulamite woman who was gathering sticks to make a cake and a loaf of bread and a little bit of water. And that was it. They were going to die. That was all they had left. That was all the preservations they had left. Say it this way. They'd run out of TP in Costco. They'd run out of everything. There was nothing left. All the milk was gone. All the eggs was gone. All right. I had to say that. Get, get, get everyone in here. You're with me now. They said, this is it. This is the last meal we got. But he said, no, make me another. Make me one first. And thus saith the Lord, well, he'd been up by a brook. He'd been up there with the fiery trial. He'd been cut. He'd been hauled into a perfect shape, where now he wasn't going to come down and speak his own word and have some kind of human compassion say, oh, the poor woman. Us and ourselves in our own human compassion. My, if someone would have told us, but this is all I have. Me and my son, we're going to eat this, and then we're going to die with, oh, God, I can't do that. The poor woman, this is all she has. I can't take what she has. The poor widow, I can't take that. That's all she's got. She's just going to die. I can't take that, Lord. I'm supposed to be a Christian, Lord. You can just make man out of heaven. No, God said, go to the Shulamite woman. He'd been in the presence of God by a brook called the cutting. He'd done have all his own humanity cut off of him until he said, Lord, at thy word. God said, go down, go against all human compassion, and all human reasoning, and go say, no, make me that cake. Here's a man that come down, he's got fat flesh. He's been eating fat, he's been eating flesh, he's been eating cakes, he's been drinking by the brook, and he comes out to a woman that's starving and bony, and her son is complaining because he's so hungry, and he says, make me food. It made no human sense, but he'd had all that cut out of him. Because there was only a ministry that was to come forth, there was a spirit of Elijah that was to set a tone that God would then use four more times: in Elisha, John the Baptist, William Branham, and then to the Jews. My, but first it had to come a cutting. Adam would say in the message "Questions and Answers," 1964, number two. He says, "Now, just a minute, will the foolish virgin be saved?" He says, no, whatever happens, happens now. Now she'll be saved after tribulation, but he's getting to that here. He says, after that time she's in the state, now she will have to go through a tribulation, period. That's the reason of it, because she has rejected the atonement in its fullness. It wasn't that she rejected it in a part. Oh, she was happy to quote John 3.16. She was happy to quote, oh, say it to this mountain, be thou removed, cast in the sea. She was happy to do that. But when it came time to a messy, dirty new birth, to laying down all of her own will, she couldn't get there. The fullness of the atonement was not for her. Oh my, she couldn't accept it in that way says she is a believer, a professed believer, but she will go through the tribulation period, the Bible said, and the rest of them, the dragon spurred out water out of his mouth to go and make war. And what an hour that is. He said, but there's been a time in history where the nominal churches, there's never been a time in history where the nominal churches has become so hungry. Why? Because the bridegroom call has come. Behold, the bridegroom cometh. Behold, the capstone's coming down. There's never been a time to say, Oh, I want to fit that capstone. I want that to fit my life. I want it to come and cap me and seal me off. I want it, God. There's never been a time like that. But there has to be a foundation, and it has to be built upon. It has to have come up to brotherly kindness. Before the fire, before the trial. Before the coming down of the capstone, there has to be a pyramid there to receive the capstone. He says, Now then, at that time, see, the Gentile bride is in heaven. And the sleeping virgin, the Gentile virgin that is not saved during that time, she's already been saved. has been rejected in the bride. She goes through the tribulation period for her purification because she has rejected Christ, the Word, for her purification. He's talking about there's, there's a bride that's hidden away, but there's also one, a foolish virgin now, that has to go through the tribulation for her purification because she rejected the Word, the fullness of it. She has to suffer for her deeds, but the bride who has become the Word... A full, a complete atonement was made of Christ because He is the Word. That body was rendered, and when that body was rendered, the bride was in that body because it's all the Word. Catch that for a moment. Jesus was the fullness of the God, He was all the Word. So, in other words, in Him, if you were ever in God, you were there in Him. If you were ever in His thoughts before the foundation of the world, you were there in Christ because in Him was the fullness. So if you are the Word made flesh today, you had to be in Him then because the Word doesn't change. It says that when Jesus suffered in that body, He suffered because a man and a woman are one person. Eve was taken out of Adam the church. What happened? God opened up the side of Adam and took out of there a helpmate, the bride. And God opened up the side of Jesus at Calvary and took out the bride. And when Jesus died at Calvary, remember the bride was not taken from the body until the body was dead. He had already died. They was going to break his legs. The prophet said there will not be one bone broken. They dropped back the hammer to break a leg. And a man came up with a spear and pushed it in through his heart. And water and blood came out. Hallelujah. He was already dead. She was already redeemed in the body by his death. Oh, hallelujah. No wonder Job, oh, even under the blood of bulls and goats, Job would rise up early, said, even if they haven't, but if they may have sinned, I will rise early and sanctify them. Why, we today as parents, as sons and daughters of God, ought to be rising early to sanctify our children, sanctify our loved ones before God. Why? Because if they were ever in Him, they were already redeemed, and one day they will come to that revelation Hallelujah, this morning we got a baptism because one came to that revelation. I was already redeemed. Hallelujah. Word added upon word. Add to word. Luther, justification. Wesley, sanctification. Pentecostals, baptism of the Holy Spirit. Restoration of the gifts and all the rest of it goes with it. See, it's got to be word on top of word. Germ on top of germ. Life on top of life. To bring out the full stature of the bride of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Not a half stature, not just faith and say, "Oh, we got faith, praise the Lord, but a full stature of the bride, so that what the head could come down and perfectly fit, because she's being honed, she's being shaped, she's being cut into a perfect image. Hallelujah, it's not part. She's added to her faith, real substance faith, not mind over matter, whimsical, I believe, and the next day you don't know, substance faith, something in you, a sixth sense, but she's taken that by a new birth, and she's added virtue, strength in the word, she's added knowledge to that, which Brother Brown will say, that knowledge is the word is always Right? Just taking God at His Word, not the knowledge of man to try to figure things out and this and that. No, man and his theology has always been gone off somewhere. they always gotten off of some creed, some doctrine, some dogma somewhere. But this knowledge, Brother Bannon would say, it's saying that the Word of God, or knowing that the Word of God is always right. Taking God at His Word, that's the knowledge I want. On top of that, temperance, actions controlled by revelation in the Word. On top of that, patience. She waits on God. On top of that godliness, pure Holy Ghost living. But on top of that brotherly kindness, she isn't vulgar and sloppy, but holy and loving in a godly love. Oh my. A bride, a full stature of the bride of Christ being molded and shaped into His image. But now comes the greatest trial of them all. Because there has to be a honing. A cutting. Hallelujah. Hiding, hidden away in a secret place. Feeding on heavenly manna. A solemn, sincere gathering together. We've come to it. A solemn gathering. We aren't gathering of frivolousness anymore. We've preached this a long time. There'd come a time for this, there'd come a time for that. It's been preached, it's been preached, it's been amen, it's been amen. Are we here? Maybe. But let me tell you something now's the proving time. What happened this past week? Don't you think God has this in his hand? Don't you think he's in complete control? (laughs) Hallelujah. Why did you think God let them come with their technology to where we can stream instantaneously? You think he did that, just just allowed that so that way Satan could just spread his Hollywood garbage all over the world? No, he allowed that to happen because he knew there would come a time This could be useful. It's the tree of knowledge, of evil, but also of good. Satan uses it for evil, but God looks at it and says, I can also use it for good. There could also be some good come out of it. To do what? To bolster up the tree of life. Oh my. There came a time when Job, he'd made it. Perfect. I shoot evil. Thousands of camels, thousands of donkeys, thousands of sheep. The greatest man in all of the East. He was not just a man. He was not just in the city. He was the greatest man in all of the East. People looked to him. What he said went. Let me tell you, there's been churches, churches, brides, brides, churches, brides, churches, brides. But there's risen a one. That's been greater than all the rest of them. Why? Because she stayed with the word of God. Because she stayed under the power, under the full atonement. She stayed right there. She's been one that has stood. And when she's prayed, God has heard her prayer. When she's preached, the people have lined up. When the word of God has sounded, hallelujah, the people have made ready for war. Oh, my, there's been a bride now come forth that has taken God at his word. She's the greatest of all the other brides. There's an Esther that has risen up. That when all the rest of them came before the king, he said, "That's not the one. That's not the one." But when Esther came forward, she said, "There was something that caught his attention. She was special to the king." Hallelujah! There's something in this bride. I believe it's special to the king. Let's risen up a bride today, amen. That is beyond anything else that has been before. Because all the other churches, all the other brides, they've come up to a certain place and they stopped right there and made a creed, made a dogma said, this is good enough for me. All the other brides in the days of Esther, they came up, all these virgins, my, but they had their own ideologies. They said, well, I I think this is the most beautiful garment that will be pleasing to the king and this is the best that I can dress in and I think this is what I should do. But there was an Esther. They said, only what the, what the king's chamberlain has told me to put on, that's what I'll wear. Only what he's told me to do, that's what I'll do. Because she had a revelation that this man knows. Hallelujah. This man was there when Vashti was there. This man was there when the first bride rose up and it pleased God. When he created Eve out of Adam, this man was there. <laughs> Hallelujah. But that bride fell. But he said, I know what pleases the king. If you take him at his word and do what pleases him, you'll be pleasing to him above all the other virgins. Hallelujah. There's a bride today that God is looking at saying, He's greater than all the other brides. She's risen up. She's got more gifts. She's got more word. She's got more wealth. See, well, I don't know. We're poor. What are you talking about? No, I'm talking spiritual. I'm not talking about natural anymore. Stay with me. I'm talking spiritual right now. She's got more wealth than all the other ones. They can preach their prosperity doctrine. I got a prosperity doctrine for you. It's called store up treasures in heaven where moth and dirt does not corrupt. Hallelujah. That's the kind of prosperity this bride is searching for. Hallelujah. Oh, my. There's risen a bride like that to the point where he said to Satan, Have you considered... Amen. We always want to preach it. Have you considered this brother? Have you considered this sister? Have you considered this brother, this sister, this brother? But what about the bride? It's a worldwide virus. It's a worldwide bride. Hallelujah. Have you considered my little bride? She's become perfect in all of her ways. She's taken me at my word. She's done as I've commanded her. Now I got one more thing to do. I need to hold a little bit more. (laughs) <laughs> hallelujah, hallelujah. Have you considered Satan I believe a conversation goes on in heaven because there's a day that has gone forward where the sons of God have met. Satan was there. He said, have you considered my little bride? He says, oh, but let me put a little extra pressure. You with me? Yeah. Satan wants to put a little extra pressure. Let me take away their ease of life. Let me make it so they can't go to work anymore. Let me make it so they can't gather anymore. Yeah, they got Sunday services. They could gather all 200 of them and they can have a wonderful time. That's why they're still serving you, God. Okay, take that away. Come on, don't you think God has it in his hand? Don't you think God foresaw this? Don't you think God knew this was going to happen? He knows. Hallelujah. Satan says, I, I can make them fear me. I can make them fall. Go ahead and try, devil. Go ahead and try. You could touch their, their economy. You could touch their freedom. You could touch all kinds of things, but don't lay your hand on my anointed. Amen. That was the first trial of Job. You could take all that he has, you could take everything he's got, but don't touch him. Right. Hallelujah. Oh, praise be to God. This is the people that will not bend. Oh, we will not break. See, so what's that? No, not by might, not by power, but by my spirit. Why? Because they've been partakers of a divine nature. They were that same divine nature that dwelled in Christ. That was there in the garden of Gethsemane when he prayed and he prayed. But he said, Lord, now my will, but that be done. He could not be broken. He knew what he had come to accomplish, and nothing could deter him from that. Saints of God, you've come to accomplish the word of God. They, without us, could not be made perfect. You've been called for a purpose. You've been called for a reason. Don't lose hope. Oh, my. Matthew 24, 24 says, There shall arise false Christ. And false prophets show great signs and wonders. But these aren't the people following signs and wonders. These are the people's signs and wonders follow them. So let them have their signs and wonders. Insomuch that if it were possible, it shall deceive the very elect. But praise the God, it's not possible. Hallelujah. God knew something about Job. He said, it ain't possible. You could take everything you want. You can do whatever you want. It's not possible. He's perfect. Yeah. Hallelujah. Oh, my. There's a bride today. I believe God's looking at her and saying, she's come to a place. She's come to a place. Oh, my. We've never been this way before. But they need a honing. They need a time on their knees. Satan is nothing more than a tool in the hands of God. See, Brother Andrew, I can't go to work. I got to work from home. Praise the Lord. You got more time to pray now. There goes your commute. Hallelujah. Oh, my. My children can't go to school good. You got more time to teach them, mothers. You got more time to put God in their ears. You got more time to to, 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 to do what you can for them. You got more time to sanctify them, mothers. Oh, praise be to God. He ain't nothing but a tool in the hand of Almighty God. Oh, my, say I'll take your ministry, take their health. I'll turn the world against you. They can even, they're even thinking about outlawing singing. Dumb devil. They think they can outlaw this, outlaw that, outlaw this. God's already knowing exactly what's going to happen. Let me tell you something. They outlawed, you hold your peace, you're about to see a pews cry out. It said if they don't they hold their peace, the rocks and the stones will cry out. Oh, there's gonna be a worship. There's gotta be a worship because the king of glory is coming down. Who's at the gates? It's the king of glory. Open up you everlasting gates. Hallelujah. Oh my. But in John 1, first John 4 4, it says, Ye are of God little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. Which camera's on, Brother Jeffrey? Which camera's playing right now? This one down here? Yeah, which? Greater is he that's in you, than he that's in the world. You see, I got a stream this morning. Greater is he that's in you. It doesn't matter if you're in your living room and someone else is sitting in the church. Greater is he that's in you. God knew this was happening. Before the foundation of the world, he's seen this happening. You can ask me, is this the end, Brother Andrew? I don't know. You can say, is this a prelude to the tribulation? Sure. I'm not a prophet. But I can look into the word and see one thing. There has never, there has never been a better time to be hidden away in the secret pavilion feeding on stored up food There has never been a better time to be in Jesus Christ. There has never been a better time to know this gospel. There has never been a better time to sit in these views. There has never been a better time to stream this service. Hallelujah. Why? Because Satan is roaring. He's going about seeking whom he may devour, but he's held back still. Because there's a honing going on. There's a little bit of cutting going on. You got a little something in your life that God says, get rid of it. Hallelujah. Some of us needed these sports to be canceled so that we could get rid of that out of our lives and quit feeding on those things. Hallelujah. Remember, you're the people that are Christians. You've crossed over. You're into another land. You're born again. You're in the land, a heavenly land. You're in a promised land. You can look. You know your way around here, around this world. You might know what to do if you're dealt a certain hand or if the dice rules a certain way. You might know what that means and everything else. But when it comes to know the holiness and the righteousness and the power of God and how the Holy Spirit operates and what it does, you'd better stay right behind the Word, the guide. Hallelujah. Oh, my, last year we had that as our theme, the guide. He is our guide. We need him more now than we ever did before. He is our guide. We're not looking to the ideologies of man or the meetings of trustees and deacons. We're looking to an almighty God. Say, Lord, you lead us. Hallelujah. Oh, my turn, me to Revelations chapter 3. This is a scripture for us now. Revelations chapter 3. We'll start in verse 19. This is quite a scripture. But this is talking about our day. As many as I love, I coddle and I pull to heaven through a pipe. That ain't what it says. It says, I rebuke and chasten. Be zealous, therefore, and repent. My would have thought as many as I love, He loves you. You say, praise the Lord. Yes, Jesus loves me. The Bible tells me so. He's going to rebuke me. He's going to chase me when I do something wrong. Because he loves me. Hallelujah. Think about it, even the rich young ruler. There was a man that came up before God. He was so good. He was such a great man, a righteous man, that Jesus loved him. Jesus, looking upon him, loved him. Oh my, here's a man, he kept the word since his youth, he kept the commandments, he'd done these things just right, he'd made his barns full, we could say in the eyes of man, he had become perfect. But then God said, all right, I'm going to give you the greatest trial you've ever had to face. You think you had trials growing up, keeping the word of God, you think you had trials again, born again, you think you had trials doing this, God says, oh, I'm going to give you the greatest trial. You want, you want eternal life? All right. All that you work for, go sell it. Give it to the four. Take up your cross. Come follow me. uh, I've done this for you. He could have said that. I've done all this for God because I kept the commandments and God's blessed me in this. I see it in the scripture. I could read in the holy word that I've given, paid my tithes and my offerings. He's poured out a blessing I can't contain. Now you're telling me just to get rid of it? How can these things be? But he'd come to such a place where God said, you want more revelation? There's going to be a trial. We read it in James. You want more wisdom? Let, you, let him ask of God. God will give him abundantly, but how are you going to get it? <laughs> so, oh, God will just pour it in. Here, I'll just one day just wake up. Like like Solomon, he was just there and in a dream God appeared to him and oh my, he just had wisdom there. It'll just happen just like that. I don't, I don't find that in the scripture. Oh my. Let's carry on. Revelation chapter 3, verse 20. It says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. This is one of the saddest scriptures. In his own home, Jesus kicked out. Standing at the door. He says, if any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come in unto him and will sup with him and he with me. There's never been a better time for that. To him that overcometh will I grant to sit with me in my throne, even as I also overcame and am set down with my Father in his throne. Oh, praise be to God. I'm going to sit with him in his throne. This is going to be a wonderful overcoming. What a wonderful reward. Get ready. Get ready. It's going to be a spotless bride. It's going to be a virtuous bride. She's going to be perfect in all of her ways. How? Because of trials. Because of temptations. Because of hard times. Because there had to be a vulcanization of her experience with God. Why? Because wisdom comes by revelation and only by experience. Because first it is a revelation of the Word of God. And then God confirms that revelation by an experience. Oh, hallelujah. Then it becomes wisdom that you could walk in that. So you say, God, give me wisdom. You're praying for revelation. And you're praying for trials. Hallelujah. You're praying that God would vulcanize your experience so that you could walk upright. And in such a way that he will look at you and say, that's my perfect servant. That's the one that's trusted me. Oh, my. We still got time, don't we? Amen. Joel chapter 2. This is a scripture. Brother Marion walked in the office this morning. He said, go read Joel chapter 2. I said, okay, I'll read Joel chapter 2. I said, all right, I'm gonna use it. Thank you, Brother Martin. Amen. Joel chapter 2 and verse 12. This is this is in my Bible, this is termed as a call for repentance. The section before this is termed as the coming day of the Lord. See, oh brother Andrew, we're living in the end time. The signs are all around us. Okay, what's gonna come? A call for repentance. It says, therefore also now saith the Lord, in verse 12, turn ye even to me with all your heart, and with fasting, with weeping, with mourning, rend your heart, not your garments. That's the day we're living in. It's not the blood of bulls and goats and rending of garments. No, it's down to know Christ in your heart. Rend your heart. tear it out. No matter what there is, Just open every door, every window, every closet, every secret place. Say, oh, God, I run to open my heart. I lay myself bare with weeping, with mourning, with fasting, with praying. Even so, come, Lord Jesus. Oh, my turn unto the Lord your God, for he is gracious and merciful and slow to anger. Oh, there's never been a day like today to prove that he's been slow to anger. Talk about the sin and the perversion of the world. Why does it go away? Well, he's slow to anger. He's waiting for his bride. Oh, he's got a blood covering still. Hallelujah. There's still mercy. And of great kindness and repented him of the evil. Oh, my Who knoweth if he will return and repent and leave a blessing behind him. Even a meal offering and a drink offering unto the Lord your God. Blow the trumpet in Zion. Sanctify a fast. Call a solemn assembly. Gather the people. Sanctify the congregation. Say we're going to call a solemn assembly. We're going to gather the people. But Satan says, oh, so many, so many. Okay, Satan, we'll use your tools. Gather the people. Gather the people, sanctify the congregation, assemble the elders, gather the children and those that suck the breast. Let the bridegroom go forth of his chambers and the bride go out of her closet. Hallelujah. What's well, the speaking of a coming down, a coming together, a capstone in that pyramid meeting. Let the bridegroom come out of his chambers. Let the bride come out of her closet and there would be just a perfect, a perfect meeting together. Let the priests and the ministers of the Lord weep between the porch and the altar. Let them say, "Not thine heritage to," rep- or let them say, "Spare thy people, O Lord, and give not thine heritage to reproach and the heathen that the heathen should rule over them." Whether they say among, whether they should, wherefore should they say among the people, "Where is their God?" Oh my. What a day we're living in to cry unto God and say, spare your people, O oh Lord. Touch not mine anointed. Do my Holy One no harm. Oh my, what a time to be living in. This is the day there's never been a greater time than to stand here today and know that I'm found in Christ, that I know where is their God. He's right here. He's right in the midst of his people receiving all the glory. Oh, praise be to God. We ain't gonna overcome nothing in this day with our own self. No, sir, this thing, this thing going around, which I think is aptly named COVID 19, because it's going around, seeking whom it may devour, and there ain't nothing that man could do to stop it to this point. They've tried, they've got vaccines, they've got certain things now, they're trying different things, but there's a God. They may come to a certain place where maybe they can slow it down, but there's a God. That protects his people. Hallelujah. Where is their God? He's right here. Receiving all the glory. Receiving all the praise. I heard there was some abbreviations going around. COVID-19, Christ over virus or something. They like the acronyms things. I thought it was strange to me. I just thought it was real strange. You know, they, they called it. COVID-19. They put a number after it. That's strange. Well, Christ our victory, right? In Deuteronomy chapter 19. Go read Deuteronomy 19, 19. Let's turn to it right now. This is just to encourage those that have been dealing with this all the time. Deuteronomy 19 and verse 15 it says, one witness shall not rise up against a man for any iniquity or for any sin. In any sin that he sinneth at the mouth of two witnesses or at the mouth of three witnesses shall the matter be established. If a false witness rise up against any man to testify against him, that thing is wrong. Then both the man between between whom the controversy is shall stand before the Lord, before the priests and the judges Which shall be in those days, and the judges shall make diligent inquisition. And behold, if the witness be a false witness and hath testified falsely against his brother, then shall ye do unto him as he hath thought to have done unto his brother. So shalt thou put the evil away from among you. COVID 19, Christ our victory in Deuteronomy 19. He's raised up a false witness against the bride. He's tried to come, the sons of God assembled in the presence of God to say, Oh, you've done this, you've done that. They've sinned, they've sinned, they've sinned. It's a false witness because there's a full atonement that has covered over this bride and she stands innocent. Praise God that we could stand before God and face to face with the accuser of the brethren and stand there innocent. Yes. And everything that he has desired to do unto you, you will do unto him. Oh, hallelujah. Everything that he's desired, he's desired to cause fear in your heart. But let me tell you, it's caused you to get on your knees and pray so he can cower in hell fearful. Everything that he's desired to do unto you, you will do unto him. Oh, praise be to God. Praise be to God. Why? Because he's nothing but a false witness. There ain't a word of truth that comes out of his mouth. I like it when it says, how do you know the devil's lying? His mouth is moving. His lips are wagging. His jaws going up and down. He's lying. He ain't nothing but a liar. Oh, praise be to God. There is not a Methodist, Baptist, Lutheran, Presbyterian. Christ is the light. The light is the light. The word manifested is the light of the hour. Let there be light, and there was light. Let there be light, and there was light. He spoke. That there would be light. I believe, look to the promise of this age. Every light that's ever shone has been rejected. Revelation 3, we read it, where he's kicked out of his own house. Look to the promise of the hour, what we're living in, a rejected light. What did they? They rejected it back there. Why? They was living in a glare. That's what they're doing today. Same thing. Oh my. In other words, there's light today. Eschewing evil. Sticking it to Satan everywhere he wants to stick it to them. Overcoming Satan. Overcoming evil. Overcoming his wicked ways. There's a bride taking God at his word. I'm in that number. I'm in that number. That blood wash number. And she, that bride must be exactly the word made flesh today. Being honed down because she's receiving the capstone. What is it? It's Jehovah Shammah. God with us. The Lord is present. Moses was the light of his day. Rejected. Elijah, the light of his day, rejected. Jesus, the light of his day, rejected. Brother Branham, the light of his day, rejected. This little bride today, the world rejects it, despises her. But there's a light shining bright. There's a light shining. Then will come a rapture. She goes in, while the world around was in chaos in Egypt after the last plague. They just lost their firstborn; every firstborn child, firstborn son, dead. Chaos, mourning, weeping. God pulled his little 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 children right out, right in the midst of the chaos. Right in the midst of the panic that's going on. God just pulled them right out. There was another time in the Bible in the days of Noah. It was chaos. They were eating, drinking, giving a man, drunken, homosexuality, all kinds of terrible filth and perversion going on. What happened? There was a one-man rapture. just slipped away and nobody knew about it. Hallelujah. Just as the seed of the church fell back there with the signs and wonders and the living Christ among them. It ends up in the last days under the ministry of Malachi 4. Restores back again the original faith that was once given. We find now in this evil age is to prove to Satan she's not like Eve. She's not that type of woman. She will be tried by His word. The bride as Adam's bride was tried by the word. Adam's bride believed every bit of the word, but confused on one promise that he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Today, see? But failed on one promise under the temptation of the enemy face to face. And now, the people that's called for his name, of course, is his bride, and she is to come in contact by the same thing. Not by just denominational truth or something, but every word. I want just to set this up as I'm I'm starting to close. But here we have, as we read in Deuteronomy 19, a false witness. has brought the bride before the judge to try and make his claim. He says, she's not worthy. What is it? Because in this evil age, how do you think? There's not going to come a mighty angel down. Say, John Perizoc, do you believe this? All things work together for good to them to love the Lord. And do you believe this over here that a woman should not cut her hair? Do you know? That's not what's going on. But Satan is a tool in the hand of the devil. Or Satan is a tool in the hand of God. There we go. <laughs> what, 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 so what, what's happening? What's the test? What's the trying? What's going on? How, how, how is this test going to come about? How is he going to be tested? How is, he going to be, how is she going to be proved? By trials. By a tightening. By a squeezy to say, do you really believe it? Are you really going to believe it? Are you really going to say it? What is, he, what is, what is happening? We're standing again, face to face, with the accuser, just as Eve stood face to face. You really believe this blood is strong enough? Thank you, Sister Edith. Amen. This blood is strong enough. Hallelujah. First Peter 4 and 12 says, Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you as though some strange thing happened to you. What a scripture. Don't think it strange. How did these things befall me? How did this happen? How could we come to this? Don't think it's strange. But rejoice. Inasmuch as you are partakers of Christ's suffering, that when His glory shall be revealed, you may be glad with exceeding joy. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, praise be to God. Lust for money, he says in Stature of Perfect Man. Lust for big things. Lust for popularity. These things are dead to the believer we don't care a tent or a cottage why should I care live or die sink or swim this is the thing that I'm interested in the kingdom of God that's it whether I maintain my home whether I maintain my family whether I maintain whatever it is let me maintain Christ the hope of glory Amen. No matter what else falls apart, let me know Christ in the power of his resurrection. Say, but I'm not going to die and be resurrected. I'm going to be raptured. It's the same power because it's the same one that changes these dead mortal bodies into immortality. Oh, hallelujah. Let's stand to our feet together. Let us maintain Christ. Through the dark times, through the trials, we preached it, we preached it. Let us now maintain this testimony. How did we overcome? By the blood of the Lamb and the word of the testimony. Oh, praise be to God. It's what He did for me. That's how I'm overcoming. His blood was shed for me. Furthermore, I believe it, and that's my testimony. That's my confession. He did it. Oh, praise be to God. Say, Brother Andrew, we've come so far, we've come this far, we've been through so many trials. We've come to such a stage. Isn't the bride perfected yet? Sure. Now comes the great trial. Will you stand in the last days and maintain your testimony? Oh, I say, we'll stand. Let the ministers stand. Let the deacons stand and pray for the people. Let the people gather themselves together in a solemn assembly. Gather the children, gather the babies, gather the elderly. It doesn't matter. Gather together, and say Lord, you are our strength. Hallelujah.